1: Greetings, folks, and welcome to Good News for the City, the radio broadcast ministry partnership between WAVA Radio and One Heart, DC, right here on Life Changing Talk Radio 105.1 FM, WAVA. My name is Dennis Williams. I'm Director of Ministry for WAVA Radio, and I want to welcome you to today's broadcast. Folks, we know that as listeners of WAVA, you are caring, giving, wonderful people. You also know you're very aware of what's going on in the world. And today, as you very well know, a humanitarian crisis rages on the other side of the globe as COVID ravages cities and communities in India. With as many as 400,000 new COVID cases per day, hospitals are overwhelmed. People are overwhelmed as they wait in line to receive life-saving medical treatment. Well, you know what? The DMB, with its larger ethnic Indian community is especially connected. This tragedy, and our guest today is here to share some hope for us and those folk, and also tell us how we can help. And and you know the drill, of course. Here to get us started to introduce our guest for the day is my good friend and co host of Good News for the City, Pastor Brian Bale, Senior Pastor of Christian Fellowship Church in Ashford, Virginia. Hey, buddy, good to see you, man. God bless.
2: Good to see you as well. We have talked many Mm -hmm. times over the last 12 15 months on the show Good News for the City about opportunities and impact that comes from, right, COVID-19 pandemic. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. everywhere. But I think we find ourselves, at least in this part of the Washington Metro DMV area, into a place where we're, we're kind of moving into a next chapter. And lots of times when people where they are, Dennis, you know, as they begin to move into sort of a next chapter, it's also really easy to become forgetful. Yes. Forgetful about the yeah. impact it's had in their life, but also forgetful about the fact that they may be an exception in making that move into sort of the next chapter. And certainly when we talk about what is happening right now in the country of India and the the unbelievable difficulty and challenge that is occurring right now due to the COVID-19 pandemic, we don't want to miss that because – as the, yes. the keys, as we talk about in this show, we say the tagline is the gospel that makes a way, the good news, the name of the show, the good news of the city. The gospel is both something that we believe intellectually that transforms us to be back in a relationship with God. But the gospel is also something that puts us out on mission, something Amen. to make a difference Amen. to those people, to show the good news through what we do. Yes. And so we have on the show today, uh, back to us, long-time listeners may have heard him before, we were talking pre-show uh, with Jake, that this is his third time, I believe, on the show. Uh, we give out uh, five timers jackets, maybe like they do on other shows <laughs> when they get around five. Uh, Man, the we let him on three times. Three times. Three times. Oh my yeah. goodness! Yeah, I'm and
1: waiting
3: so, for that jacket. <laughs> I look that's out. right. You got,
2: got a couple more to go, but it, it's not a nice jacket. It's just a jacket, <laughs> though. But just so you know, uh, it. Uh, so for people who maybe not have heard you before on the show, let me give a moment to tell you, tell them a little bit about you. This as soon as Jake Abraham goes by Abraham, Abraham, not Jabraham. I need to speak better today um, to most of his friends, which I think it's interesting because in his bio he said after that that he is a self-proclaimed mutt, which I believe. Then I should be able to say Jabraham because that's putting it both together. I but that, I, I, I'm not going to do that. He was uh, born in India and raised as well in India and the Philippines before moving to the United States and then Australia and currently in Washington, D.C., which is why he says he's been a little bit of everywhere. He's led diverse projects in Australia, India, Southeast Asia, and the U.S. Currently, he serves with Crew, a global community passionate about connecting people to Jesus, and he also serves as associate director for one of the co-sponsors of the show. You know, it's a partnership. We say One Heart D.C. and WAVA together to bring you the show that we called Good News for the City, and he is assistant director for One Heart D.C., is a citywide network of over 700 churches and organizations here in the Washington metro area. He also serves on the leadership of the Advanced Initiative, a movement of ethnic Indians around the world, planting multi-ethnic churches, and as a president and director of the Indus Forum. So again, Jake, thanks for being back here. Thanks for uh, taking some time in the midst of your very busy schedule to help our listeners hear about how we can make a difference uh, right here in the Washington metro area throughout the world. Because one of the things that we do on the show, as you know, is we've often focused on local issues, but there are many times what I'd like to say, we have global issues that locally we can make a difference. And so I can't imagine that someone hasn't seen the news about what's happening over in the country of India right now, but just in case they haven't, take a moment to catch our listeners up a little bit about how desperate the situation is, both physically and spiritually right now.
3: Yeah, Brian, Dennis, thank you first for, for having me on and especially grateful for all the work that you're doing to get the new good news to the city. Um, and uh, to be honest, in answer to your question, Brian, it is actually really bad. Um, the, the images that we see on the news of people waiting in line in hospitals, even cremations out in open fields, that's mm. very much happening it's really quite tragic in fact the estimates now are that as many as 4000 people are dying a day uh, i think it was washington university that just came out with an estimate that by august there may be over 600,000 people who've died from covid and uh you know on a personal level i'm on calls daily with india and it is really tragic to hear the stories uh, so often on calls with doctors and leaders out there in the medical profession and they are completely overwhelmed. They're exhausted uh, and in many ways, helpless to do anything. And, you know, a lot of my uh, friends and family on a personal level being Indian American, myself are in India. uh, And for many of them, it's day to day. So it's a really tragic situation. There's an overwhelming sense of hopelessness and despair in India right now
2: you know I live out in the western suburbs uh, in Nashburn yeah. as I mentioned I'm a pastor uh, church here in Ashburn called Christian Fellowship Church and even out here in the suburbs there is significant diversity amongst cultural background and and one of the the very large enclaves of culture that is out here in this direction is there's a many areas are people who who are first generation Indians or second generation Indians. And and as my neighbors that I connect with them and talk to them as my my kids go to school and have friends, they for a lot of people don't understand, they have a very connected culture back to India. You know, sometimes Mm -hmm. we don't go visit family that live two states away. And um, it's not uncommon for people who who come from India as soon as they have the resources or find all the resources to go back once, twice, several times a year very connected in this way. So we find ourselves sort of in this spiritual and humanitarian crisis where families are separated, difficulties happening on so many levels. And, and it's so easy, you said, to, to then not have hope. How mm-hmm. and what gives you hope in the face of something as large as this?
3: Yeah, Brian, um, it it honestly is a battle for hope. And when I think about hope, there's probably three things in particular, I think, in this situation that gives me hope. And the first is probably the Sunday school answer, but it's always the answer, and that's Jesus. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, the truth is that Jesus came into a broken world to bring salvation and healing and restoration. And so if that is true and we are his people and his body, then honestly, the church was built for this, right? The church was built f- to be like Jesus, to respond to, to that brokenness. And so I think that's the first thing. And the second thing is because of that, we have a history and a legacy. of We're, we're the, the people as a church that actually run to the fire, right? Whenever there's tragedy, when others might be running away, we are, have been known through history as the people that actually run to the, the, the tragedy to help and, or the crisis to help. And then thirdly, I think particularly in India, uh, the church, because of our history in India, has been set up very well in that, that a lot of the major hospitals, medical professionals, et cetera, in India are actually the Christian hospitals, Christian doctors. And so um, in spite of a very small population of Christians in India, the impact within, within the medical field is significant. So we can leverage some of those things and uh And the reality that we have a global church that's ready sure. to help those things give me hope.
2: Now we're going to talk about in a few in a few moments some real practical ways that people get involved, in. and I don't want to make the implication that prayer isn't practical. Prayer is probably one of the most practical things we can do, but as someone thinks right. about what you're sharing, as they read the news if they pick up a newspaper or they read it online or happen to hear it somewhere as they're watching a television or watching a YouTube channel, how would you encourage people to pray?
3: Yes. And I, I think this is, again, to your point, and this is not something we should just pass over. This is the most important thing that we can do. And even in conversations with people who are desperate in India, doctors, et cetera, we ask them, how can we help? They say, please pray. Uh, and so I think probably one, uh, pray for God's mercy. We need the intervention of God in powerful and miraculous ways. This is a very tragic situation. And apart from God and his mercy, there really is no hope. So just pray for the nation of India. Um, Secondly, pray for the church in India, that God would uh, protect and strengthen the church and give them courage to actually engage into the community and to serve in powerful ways. And then thirdly, pray for the global community. Uh, The US government has been helping, a lot of different nations have been helping The Indian American community in the U.S. has been helping uh, and around the world. But then the global church has also been helping. And this is powerful. How can we mobilize a church? Because we're known often for uh, sometimes for things we shouldn't be known for. But what if we were known for the ones that are actually in there helping when a crisis like this happens? Yes. yes.
2: Yes. You know, for for those people who may not be aware, maybe a good analogy would be earlier on in the COVID crisis here in the United States, what we saw is it being significantly spreading more in our denser populated areas. Say, for example, New York City, because there's not as much separation. There's not as much that, you know, India is the second most populous country in the world behind China. And while it has plenty of space, it has a lot of people in very small areas, you know, square footage wise in that way which is creating, obviously, it easier to spread. It's creating all this. So some of the natural things that maybe we could do in a country that has, you know, in some places more room to roam, so to speak, mm-hmm. it makes it more difficult there. So finding ways to send aid and finding ways to help, it, it has to be very practical. And so One Heart Correct. DC, our partner ministry here, is, is mobilizing. How is One Heart DC mobilizing to send aid?
3: Yeah, Brian, um, you you know, on multiple levels, let me say, first of all, to your point that a lot of the focus right now is in cities in India, because that's where uh, the issues and the crisis is most acute. Um, And so we are, uh, we're doing three things. Again, we're mobilizing prayer. So how do we get the church in DC and actually partnering with the church around the country to pray together? Secondly, uh, sending resources and targeted resources, particularly, funds to hospitals. So we've got a couple of hospital systems, Christian hospital systems that we're working because they're struggling to, to for anything and everything, right? And then thirdly, what we're trying to do is just because we're past the peak of, of the COVID crisis in here, there's a surplus of equipment and even vaccines, et cetera, we're exploring ways that we can actually send that over to India right now because they're very desperate for anything, and we're even working on the, the logistics to try and find ways, pathways that we can send send things to India to help the hospitals out there. So praying, giving, and sending those are the things, and we're launching something uh, called with India. It's a campaign here in in the D.C. area that uh, One Heart D.C. is is helping to facilitate and getting churches and individuals and others organizations involved in, in serving India. So with India.
2: So when you talk about sending and finding pathways in sending, yeah. you mentioned specifically hospitals, are there specific hospitals that you're working with or are they systems? How, how would we, how would we, in our particular culture, understand how you're doing that?
3: Yes. So there are two particular hospitals that um, might have their reach might be a little different. So. Bangalore Baptist Hospital is one. It's in the city of Bangalore. And even though it's a single hospital, it serves about a million people in the area. So they've got a lot of community outreach. They've got clinics out and about. They have a single hospital. So we're working with Bangalore Baptist Hospital in Bangalore. And then something called Christian Medical College uh, and their hospital system. So they've got multiple hospitals around the country. In fact, fascinating enough, Christian Medical College is one of the top medical colleges in India. In fact, there are even American medical students that go over there to study. So high quality um, and it's Christians that are known for mm. the ones that are leading the charge in terms of uh, medicine there. So we're trying to support Bangalore Baptist Hospital and Christian Medical College hospitals in particular. Now, those
2: two particular hospital systems or hospital and a hospital system that you're working with, what are their current greatest needs? I think I probably heard you mention some of them already, but let's specifically kind of drill down into theirs.
3: Yeah, and, and to be honest, Ryan, it's everything right now, right? They're they're very desperate. I've been on, on calls, multiple calls with uh, a lot of doctors and the directors of these hospitals. Um, so everything from things like, you know, they need oxygen. Uh, they're running out of oxygen for people. They might have ventilators, et cetera. I mean, they need ventilators. They need PPE, uh, personal protective equipment, BiPAP machines, all this equipment. But on the other side, they're even... Trying to keep the doors open in the hospital. Now, for example, the Baptist Hospital, Bangalore Baptist, their their model is that they, uh, the business model rather, is that they want to see about 35% of their patients be private patients, and that helps to fund uh, the subsidized patients that are 65%. But right now, with the crisis, that's that's been thrown out the door. So they get all kinds of people, and they. Are having trouble paying their doctors and nurses. I'm got a thousand staff that they got to support and just keep the doors open and then for oxygen and all these other supplies on top of it. So they there's a desperate need um, even for funds to keep going. And then just the general population. You know, poverty is widespread in India and people are living day to day. So. They, if they can't go out and work, they don't eat. They can't feed their family. So we've got to even figure out how do we put food on their table? Fine. So we're doing food distribution. In a lot of these hospitals and other organizations are working to even get food on the table for people.
1: So if we can just, that, So what, ahead, we, what I was just thinking is if uh, what Jake was saying is, you know, kind of put our heads where we were at the height of our crisis, right. is where they are now, and even worse even worse, I'd say, even worse, Dennis. Yes, yeah.
2: yeah. Well, it's interesting that you say that because Dennis, I, I don't know if you're like me, but it's sometimes my worldview is is too small because yes. I, you know, lived in this country my whole life. And as Jake mentioned, he's a cultural mutt, he has a, he has a <laughs> broader worldview and experience. You know, here in the United States, you know, uh, we don't even think about the fact that, hey, if, if you don't work, there's no possible way to get food we have some social safety nets we have additional things not saying that they're complete or enough but they're better than nothing and that's really something that we don't often think about and we don't necessarily and i appreciated what you just brought up jake about the what i would like to say the compounding effects that come on the back end that we don't think of the domino effects right if people are unable to get paid then they're unable to eat and then if they're also unable to eat they're unable to serve and help People who are sick and then, you know, it creates this great, difficult cycle in that way, which is, you know, very important for us to grasp. And one of the things I love about this show, uh, certainly we have people here in the Washington metro area. We have very kind people that share our show throughout uh, the nation and those sort of things. But we have some very passionate listeners that listen either on podcast or live whenever it comes out on the weekend. And if any of our listeners are able to source, because we have some very, again, creative and passionate listeners, some specific medical equipment or supplies directly, tell me a little bit if you had to put an order of priority, Now, granted, we'll take anything, obviously Mm -hmm. in some ways, but maybe an order of priority, how that could happen, what would be the the most effective right now if we had to choose one or two or three, and then how could they then get in touch with you to make that happen?
3: Yes. Well, I mean, I think probably urgent need, if we can send some funding over there, that's probably urgent need. But then in, in terms of equipment and supplies, um, there are some things that are available in India and some things that aren't. And uh, particularly like BiPAP machines, some of the hospitals are asking for those uh, because they don't have supplies of those. And then the, the challenge with this is that in, in I, I hate to say everything, but everything in part because right now there, even though there might be equipment in India, the price gouging is escalating. In fact, wow. I've been in conversations wow. with the Indian embassy here and the embassy is, is urging us uh, to not try, even try and purchase things in India with sending money over as much. I mean, right now you've got to do it because that's urgent because it takes time to get things over there, but to try and find ways to to source Equipment and supplies here in the U.S. and then ship it over. So we're working with the Indian embassy, we're working with Indian, uh, the U.S. government even to get things over there. So we're building a pipeline, and uh, we just need to fill that pipeline with uh, with equipment and uh, supplies to get over there. And if please do reach out to me if mm-hmm. uh, if you do have any access to people or you can source any of these things. So oneharddc.org/slash/India. On our website, that webpage is going to have information, including my uh, email address, and people can reach out to me that way. That's probably the easiest way for people to get a hold of me, but please do. I
2: mean, that was really interesting what you said, because in most cases, for people who have heard of scenarios like this, actually sending financial resources to buy in country tends to be a better stewardship model because you can usually get it cheaper. You don't have to pay the shipping and all the things that come Mm -hmm. with it and delay. But this happens to be one of those cases where the crisis is not just a crisis that is a medical. Now we're compounding with an economic crisis where the price gouging and scarcity supply and demand issues and all those sort of things, where it actually does make more sense in this case to buy it here, Uh, at a better cost, and you can still ship it and get it there, and it's less expensive and has a bigger impact with stewardship, which is something that I don't don't think many of us would have thought about because it's, again, completely opposite of what the normal scenario is in that way.
3: Yes, and I think one of the challenges there, Ryan, uh, is that you've got the spectrum of people uh, on the economic spectrum. There are people that are extremely poor, which is most of India, but then you've got the extremely wealthy and so the sad bit is the wealthy have access to these things, and mm-hmm. so they, there's a hoarding that happens right now, and then of course people trying to make money as well. So the prices are two, three, ten times as much, even for things as simple as oxygen, right? Mm. Mm.
2: Well, if uh, again, you know, you mentioned slash india is a great way to get connect with you. Uh, how though, if saying, hey, we're we're going to pray and maybe send. Uh, across uh, the globe to India, but what about my neighbor? What about the person, you know, who just lives right behind me in my neighborhood and a couple of houses down and around the corner? And, you know, I, I jokingly say this truthfully, everything I know about cricket happens to be from my Indian boy neighbors who are out yeah. there bowling. They taught me they're bowling. They're not pitching, right? All the time, everything I know. I mean, how do we, <laughs> as people of the good news, reach out to the people that God has strategically put us in connection with in our community right here in D.C.?
3: Yes, Brian. And maybe when this is all over, we'll have to go play a game of cricket, but... um know. You know, to your point from earlier, even there is a large population of ethnic Indians mm-hmm. here in in this area. In fact, it's estimated about 180,000. That's just ethnic Indians. If you include South Asians, it's much larger. Um, and most of them, to your point from earlier as well, is that they're first and second generation. So these are people that have come over for work, often in the technology sector, especially out where you are. And so many of them, um, they might be on their own here and their families are all back in India. Or even if they're second generation, they're tightly connected. And then to your point as well, because of the relational community dynamic of the Indian uh, culture, uh, there's a tight connection. So there are a lot of people that are suffering and feeling probably very distant and isolated uh, from their family back there. And so this is an opportunity as a church that we've got to reach out to them. We've got to pray for them, serve them, take them a, a meal. Uh, I would recommend that be a vegetarian meal, as as you probably aware, most Hindus would would be uh, vegetarian. And and then just just be with them because they probably feel very lonely, even in a, in uh, times like uh, particularly in times like this. And then let them know how the church is serving in India, and maybe they can even jump in and help. Right, they've yeah. got connections in uh, into the community. Maybe they can help with some of these efforts to serve India in this crisis.
2: Well, Jake, thanks for, for coming on. And obviously, if people want to make an impact, they can go to oneharddc.org forward slash India. They want to physically give towards it financially. They could also find information there to give towards a re- relief effort at the same place?
3: That's correct. That's correct. So we will have uh, the both the, the Baptist Hospital as well as Christian Medical College will be on there. There are two... Uh, there are two non-for-profits here in the U.S. that have, uh, have connections with those hospitals. So if you give to those non-profits, they, all the funds will be directed to those hospitals in India. And all that information is on oneheartdc.org
1: forward slash India.
2: Again, Dennis, another opportunity in this world for the gospel to make a way.
1: Amen, amen. Hey, Jake. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate you, man, Thank you, brothers. Uh, Thank you so much, <clears throat> folks. I won't give you all of the websites because it could be confusing. But the best thing to do, if you want to get a hold of Jake, he's he's the guy that you want to talk to. He'll tell you how to give. Go to oneheartdc.org/forward/slash/India. That's oneheartdc.org/forward/slash/India. You can talk to Jake. Hey, if you really need to, you can call me at the radio station. I can get you in touch with Jake. Call me at 703-807-2266 at 703-807-2266. And just remember, man, there's there's this crisis. And so we want to help in that. Because we always say, and we believe with all of our hearts, it is the gospel that makes a way. And we're grateful for that. Talk to you soon. God bless you all. See you next week. It's the gospel, the gospel that makes a way.
0: Thank you for joining us and listening to Good News for the City, a gospel partnership between WAVA and One Heart D.C. This is a partnership, movement which celebrates and seeks to accelerate the move of the gospel into the Washington, D.C. metro area. It is our prayer that through this radio broadcast ministry of good news for the city, we will see transformed lives and communities and more and more people responding to the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ.